You're listening to Partnernomics Podcast, where we discuss the art and science of developing successful strategic partnerships. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics solutions, visit Partnernomics.com. So today we are joined by Miss Cecilia, Miss Cecilia Flambaum from Microsoft. And Cecilia is the business applications ecosystem lead at Microsoft. So we're going to be talking a lot about partnerships, digging into kind of this ecosystem world and all of the cool stuff that Cecilia does. But Cecilia, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. You're very welcome. Happy to be here and join you today. So Cecilia, I'd love to start off conversations with just learning about our guest background and then how they got into this exciting and awesome world of partnering. Would you mind just sharing your story with us? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, at first it wasn't intentional, I'll tell you that. Uh, it was a little bit by accident. I grew up in Argentina. I did my master's degree after, after my undergrad, which I did in Argentina. I did my master's degree in a wonderful school that's called Thunderbird, uh, where, uh, and I got there because I always wanted to work and live in a global world with multiple cultures and Thunderbird gave me that opportunity of taking uh, business, yes, but mostly that flavor of multiculturalism um, and, uh, and international relations as a way to do business, if that makes sense. And in a way, this matters because it ended up being a big reason why I ended up uh, so ingrained in the partner world uh, later on. But I graduated from Thunderbird and through uh, Hispanic job fair uh, from the National Society of Hispanic MBAs, I ended up connecting with Microsoft. Um, uh, Microsoft was recruiting for some, some generic roles that may fit in multiple places and the place where I ended up uh, landing was a partner organization. At that time, it was an enterprise partner group mostly focus on system integrators really and, and global system integrators or local regional system integrators in the old days. And, um, and I ended up in the partner world that way. Now I never really left the partner world completely. I had some tours outside of partner, but I always end up coming back. And, uh, and I think it's because, you know, it, it's, it sounds like a slogan, but it is actually true that I found that through partners, there's magic being made. We achieve more. We deliver more value. Um, it's, it's very arrogant and absolutely impossible for any vendor to cover every need of every scenario in every requirement of a customer. And through partnering, you can just add more value, make more possible um, and do more. So I, I loved I loved the outcome, but I also loved the process of working with partners and to always trying to find the win-wins, the common denominators, the things that connect us, the things that we have in common um, to, to deliver value to our customers and, and build our way back from there. So in one way or another, you know, I did partner recruitment, partner enablement, partner technical enablement, partner sales, and I ended up doing a bit of everything in partner. And right now for the business applications area of Microsoft, I do drive every type of partner, ISVs, uh, what we call indirect providers uh, that manage a large channel, but has a very, have a very re close relationship with Microsoft, 
local system integrators, regional system integrators, and global system integrators as well. And I drive our business applications priorities and agendas into their business, whether it is to create practices, develop, grow practices, create IP, de de deliver, uh, develop and grow and expand IP, uh, as well as go to market together and sell together. Okay. And so you've been with Microsoft for a few days, right? You've had a, a, a long career at, at Microsoft. Yes. Tell us a little bit about the, the team that you're on, the team that you're leading, and maybe some of the different types of relationships. Kind of dig in a little bit deeper sure. into uh, what you had just described. I mean, how do you guys do the magic? Yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot of the priorities for every one of the solution areas of Microsoft application, of, of the Microsoft solution areas, a lot of the priorities of the different solution areas, like we call modern workplace where Office 365 sits or security or infrastructure. And in my case, business applications get very much set in the product marketing team. Uh, it, it really starts with what do, how, what do we need to grow this business? How do we grow this business? And it really ends up in, this is what we need from our sales team. This is what we need from a marketing perspective. And this is what we need from a partner perspective. So we, have, we work very closely together with our product marketing team when it comes to what do we want our partners to do? Uh, how do we partner with our partners to grow our business and theirs in the context of the investments that we're making in our products? Um, everything starts there. And then my unique accountability with my team we, uh, is to execute that plan through our field organization, our offices all around the world, and through our uh, functional partners in our corporate headquarters. So the people that manage our ISVs, the people that manage the relationship with our global, team, the global system integrators, the people that manage the relationship with our indirect providers. It, through them, it is my job and my team's job um, to drive our priorities, to execute our incentives, to drive our content, uh, to get all our guidance of how you grow your business, why this is a great opportunity to grow your business, where you should invest, where are we investing, and, and build those, uh, those connections. So really, is um, Microsoft is a big matrix organization. We get a lot done through others and with others that are very functionally organized. So imagine if there's a team that manages all the ISV relationships in Microsoft, my job is to work with that team uh, in the context of business applications and say, these are the ISVs we want to work with for business applications. This is what we want them to do. This is how we're going to measure success. And this is all the content, incentives and investments that are going to help those ISVs grow their business with business applications. And then of course we have a team in, in the ISV team that manages those business applications ISVs. So replicate that for every type of partner. Then we have some areas of expertise on partner incentives, on partner enablement and skilling, and some people there execute deep on those areas but I'm going to be, again, going across those areas to establish our priorities and make sure that we are investing in the right places and the right segment, in the right product, in the right program, in the right activity from a partner perspective um, to drive our product priorities. I mean, the idea is really to maximize 
uh, the growth aspirations that we have for our own products, right? Yeah, so Cecilia, so I want to ask, so whenever you look at the, the expansive quantity of partners that your team manages, and you look at that kind of top tier of, of partners that are the most successful at working with Microsoft, what are some of those common traits or attributes or just the way that they work with you? What's, what's some of those commonalities that you could share? Look, my favorite thing is to learn from the most successful partners. It is by doing that, that we can actually create more successful partners, extract best practices and make that the guidance that we use for the others. At the end of the day, we are Microsoft, we're not a partner. So only from a partner, we can learn what works and what doesn't and then replicate from that whatever our best partners do great. And so our best partners, I. I always think in these three buckets when I look at our best partners, because I learned from them how to uh, conceptualize these things. One is they do a great job at what I call leveraging the collective strengths. They know they've done a great job at differentiate themselves first. Obviously, this is marketing one on one. You have to have a differentiated value proposition. You can't go to a customer and say, oh, you know, I can. I can serve a hospital and a bank. I know it all. That's not how it works, right? You need to differentiate uh, whether it is from an IP perspective or from having had a very distinct service offering and a lot of stories to tell and case studies to bring to bear and industry experts in your roster <laughs> that you can say, okay, this is what I do. This is un my unique value proposition now. The value of the partnership, so, so as a partner making the most of the partnership with Microsoft is when they uh, leverage the unique differentiators that we have against our competition and the unique differentiators the partner has. And when those things get combined, that offering is unbeatable. We see it over and over again. So that translates into whether it's IP or a service offering, it translates into an offering that takes the best, the latest innovation, the biggest differentiators from Microsoft in that space, whatever space the partner focuses on, plus those unique differentiators that the partner brings to the table. That's number one, leveraging the collective strengths effectively. The second one is building the right capabilities. And by the right capabilities is a partner that takes marketing seriously. Demand generation needs to be a constant engine for a partner to grow. Otherwise, and this applies more to a system integrator than maybe an ISV, but otherwise we've seen over and over services, partner system integrators that sell, implement, sell, implement, sell, implement. And it's a vicious circle, but they don't grow their business and they don't grow their customer base as at the rate they could. So marketing is a capability that needs to be invested on always and needs to be working always, number one. Obviously, uh, with the, that differentiated offering that we talked about at the center. Second, technical capabilities. I mean, I like people have told me that I, I romance readiness, but it's true. We come from a world where um, taking a class or taking an exam and getting under certification for our developers or our technical consultants or functional consultants 
was, oh, you know, once a year, once every two years, every six months, I'm going to take a training. How can you keep up with the latest innovation if, you, if we are shipping updates every month in our products? Learning is not what it used to be. So all the technical learning uh, from developers, consultants, functional, technical, uh, is something that needs to become a constant it needs to become a weekly activity. I mean, I take classes every week in one way or another about either professional development or the products that I support because I need to keep up. I need to stay up to date. So there's marketing, there's technical capability. And then my in, in, in this area of building the right capabilities, there's also customer success, right? What are the skills that are needed to deliver good projects? to deliver customer success, to deliver a good solution, to implement and to deliver customer value. And so that takes me to the third pillar. So we talked about lever leveraging the collective strengths into a unique offering. We talked about taking learning and building capability very seriously. The third thing, obviously, that every partner that is at the top of our list does really well is delivering customer success. I mean, they ultimately deliver value, whether it's implementing a project or delivering a piece of IP that solves a specific issue and adds value, the customer is happy. There's value realization, there's user adoption. And so everything that has to do with implementation, value realization, user adoption is the third pillar. Our partners that are successful because customers keep calling them when they need more, or through word of mouth, they become very famous in their space, in their vertical, in their industry, is because they do a good job, a very good job at delivering customer success. So Cecilia, uh, going back to pillar number one and finding those, those companies that have great value propositions, great solutions, and then pairing those with the very best of what Microsoft has to, to make that magic. It doesn't happen by accident. What are some of those success practices that you and your team and Microsoft in general, what's, what's the secret sauce to uncover what some of those opportunities may be? Well, a lot has to do with this keeping up to date. And there's a lot of self-reflection on it. I mean, partners need to make a decision of where they want to focus on. And that is not trivial and it's not easy. Is it a, uh, we have partners that focus on not just retail, but fashion apparel, right? So it's the choice, it starts with the choice of the space. Then it's making the most of where are we placing our best bets from a Microsoft perspective. And honestly, this is true for any partner in any ecosystem, whether you're a partner in SAP or in Salesforce. I mean, you want to know where the vendor is placing the bets, where is the growth going to come from? And uh, there's a ton of clues in all our blogs and all our programs that will tell you where is the vendor going to invest? Where is the innovation coming to? So combine those two things and, and then take advantage of all the things that we put out. In Microsoft, what happens to us many times, time and time again, is that we make so many investments in our ecosystem from our programs, go-to-market benefits, training, skilling, offers. Sometimes we find that partners don't even know what's out there. And because I know it takes time and it takes effort to try to understand with vendors as big as ours 
um, what's everything available, but the secret sauce is to align priorities and take advantage of everything that we put out there, because it's a lot. So Cecilia, what are some of the challenges or some of the greatest challenges that you're seeing from your different partners that they're seeing in this 21st generation economy? Yeah, I think too. Um, say, you know, we thought that through the pandemic, this whole move to remote was going to be a challenge. And indeed, it wasn't. We adapted pretty well. Our partners there adapted pretty well. Two months into the pandemic, we got in a call with our best partners and they were already saying, we just, we just took a customer live uh, remote. And it was 60 days after, you know, the lockdown. And so it, the, the transition has been incredible to see and how flexible and agile our partners were. But I think the biggest challenges are two. I think one is in this area of the business, but honestly, almost every area of Microsoft is growing pretty fast. But this area of the business, we're growing very, very fast. And uh, I think growing capacity to keep up with the growth of the demand of demand is probably the single biggest uh, concern uh, for us, but also for our partners right now. They know that uh, Microsoft expects this division to continue growing super aggressively. And they will have, if they want to continue being at the top of the partner ecosystem, they will have to invest at our rhythm. And then for, especially for itself, two angles to this, but for system integrators, that means a pretty proactive approach to growing, investing in talent from junior to senior. Uh, but also it's going to put a ton of pressure on, on the, the composition of the sit delivery team for our partners. Because the bringing in senior talent to a practice, uh, it's a finite pool out there. Like you can't just hire senior talent. The senior talent is pretty busy and it's working either in Microsoft or in another partner. So there's only so many places to go. Every partner needs to have a very proactive uh, kind of junior to senior journey uh, and, and feeding the delivery team all the time. So I think the crunch on partner capacity from a Microsoft business applications uh, skills is going to be the single, the single most uh, challenging aspect of the next few months. And then the second one, I think I mentioned is, but it is keeping up because our innovation doesn't stop. We have a fantastic engineering team that doesn't stop innovating. The division where I worked 10 years ago had four products. We have more than 30 products in our portfolio right now. There is a lot to consume. And the products come together and work together to deliver that differentiated value proposition, that unique differentiator from a Microsoft Cloud perspective. So for any employee of a partner, whether it's a salesperson, a marketing person, or a technical delivery person, everybody has to keep up. And so that is the second one for me. So you had mentioned uh, this need for almost like a farm system where you have the opportunity for people to continue to grow in this partnering role. Uh, are you seeing that there's more need for that um, because the quantity of partnerships are increasing or just this natural evolution of people retiring and then just needing to, to move people up the, up the ladder to fill those, those vacant positions? Or do you see that the quantity of partnerships, just because of the modern day economy, the quantity of partnerships being formed is increasing? 
the quantity of partnerships is increasing. We are adding in this space, in this solution area of Microsoft, about a thousand plus partners a year that are new to business applications in Microsoft. That is 100 to 200 every month, <laughs> depending on the month that I look at. So it's, it's amazing. But for those partners to become the worldwide top partners, that's going to take a while, right? That everybody's starting somewhere. The partners that are at the top of the pyramid for us, most of them, they've been with this space for many years, uh, at least 10 years. And, uh, and it has taken them a while. So look, there's both dynamics happening. What we watch is we watch and get really happy when we see partners continue to bet in this space of Microsoft. We also look at the fact that we don't want the revenue diluting, right? Like when we see the, the business, the, the, the number of business per partner, whether you measure it on revenue or consumption, whatever it is, um, we measure it as well. And we don't want to see that going down. So we end up having little bits of pieces for thousands and thousands of partners. No, but in our case, our, this partner productivity metric, which in our case is kind of revenue per partner, has also gone up. So not only we're growing the number of partners, but their revenue per partner is also growing. And remember, we look at our software revenue, but for every dollar of revenue, of software revenue, partners are making at least three times in services. Uh, that's on the services side. On the ISV side, um, we've been adding in the thousands as well. When, when from the launch of ISV Connect to now, there's like 2,000 applications plus uh, already published in AppSource and enrolled in our ISV Connect program. So we see the same level of investment on the ISV side. And gosh, there's so many scenarios to cover because uh, when, when we talk about ISVs and application development, the multitude of vertical and micro vertical scenarios times the horizontal scenarios and across our sales place that ISVs could cover is endless. So we have space an opportunity for a lot more uh, application providers as well in ISVs. What are some of the things that, that Microsoft does to support its partners? Or what are some of the things that maybe um, it's, it's looking to do better, bigger, faster in the future to enable all of these different partners to enable not only Microsoft's success, but their success as well? Yeah, look, it starts with skilling. I mean, this is a common denominator throughout the conversation that we're having. We need to help our partners keep up and have the best opportunities and the best material to skill and enable their employees. And so we have sales and we have technical skilling free for all our partners is in our learn portal and Microsoft learn portal. That is the most important thing. The partners can follow the learning content, customers too, um, uh, both for sales and for skilling. We also publish a lot of materials about how to make money with us uh, that, that informs through research kind of what you were asking me, like what do our best partners do? How do I follow those best practices? Where do I start? Where, what's my step number one, my step two, my step three? So we have playbooks for partners that are starting as well. So we have that. We have our skilling portfolio, which is huge learning paths, uh, exam prep content, technical content. Um, and then for preparing to go to market together, we actually publish most of the, to our partners, most of the content that we give our salespeople. 
our pitch decks, our battle cards, our differentiators, everything is available for our partners to be able to use in front of their customers the same material that our uh, own sellers use. Then for, uh, we also support that with uh, pre-sales offers. So we actually have an activity-based program that when partners execute uh, what we call an envisioning workshop with a customer or a solution assessment with a customer in the sales process, we actually have a mechanism to pay them to do that, to help alleviate that cost of sale and contribute to generating that, accelerating that pipeline and win. And then we have incentives that reward for the wins and against revenue. And then obviously, because everything ends with customer success, we have an additional set of incentives that reward delivering customer success, generating what we call active usage, which is consumption uh, in the customer base that are associated with. So tons of levers to help our partners. So Cecilia, is there anything unique or interesting about the SMB space, um, you know, with working with partners there that uh, you'd like to highlight for us? Oh my God, I mean, I love the SMB space. I mean, that's where the richness of the new, this, this thousand new partners that I'm mentioning, they're really not coming in the enterprise space. They're coming from the SMB space. So there's so much momentum in our SMB business right now. And we have, um, it's interesting in this space of Microsoft, we have three types of partners in the SMB space. Uh, well, we also have the ISVs of course that invested in the SMB space with applications that are specific for this, for this uh, segment. Uh, but on the services side, we have uh, partners that have been with Dynamics for a long, 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 long time. And they have transitioned to the cloud together with us. And those partners, uh, have, uh, you know, it's taken them a while to transition, but now are mostly in the cloud and they're generating, uh, we have a whole learning path for them to generate offers that are repeatable, they're agile, they deliver value quickly, and they are transforming their businesses, not only into um, services partners, but managed service providers as well in the SMB space, because SMB customers require value fast. That's one, then we have, that's one class of partners. Then we have the indirect solution providers. And that is a new ecosystem that we're activating now. These are, you know, your Ingram or tech data. These are the big, big solution aggregators and indirect providers. And we're extremely excited about the growth that we've seen. And they are getting into this space with a lot of excitement because they see that adding business applications to their portfolios is allowing them to add more value to both their channel and their customers. And then we have the channel, the partner services, transactional channel that comes from the other parts of Microsoft. Partners that sold Office 365 and Azure that now Dynamics is giving them, uh, our power apps actually, all of the business applications uh, portfolio is giving them a way to add more value to their customers, getting into digital transformation conversations, getting to, you know, what's your customer service solution? What is your marketing automation solution? That is a big added component to having sold Office 365 or security or, or Azure in the past. So all of those, uh, the volume of partners that we're seeing coming in actually is coming from the more uh, modern workplace office and Azure type of partners. So, Really, I look at three types of partners and we have a fantastic 
partner to partner model and program that we're driving between the partners that join us from Office 365 for Azure and the partners that know business applications really well and a way for them to work together to deliver value to their customers. So I could talk about SMB all day, but that is uh, that is the, the trend and the investments that we're making. Yeah, it seems like the conversations that were happening only at the enterprise level 10 years ago are happening across every organization now. You can have the small, you know, the SMBs, right? The small mid-sized businesses, and they are they're setting up systems like the big dogs were a decade ago. Yeah, because I mean, also because the, the things that we thought were only investments that the large enterprises could make, are being democratized. So things like, think about Power BI. I mean, Power BI is a viral product that can be used as much for, as, you know, for the largest enterprise in the, in the planet as it can be used for the restaurant in the corner. And it requires very little, you know, deep technical expertise. It, it delivers value instantly almost. So there are products in our ecosystem, in our portfolio right now, that uh, you know are add value up and down the customer spectrum, yeah. and and, <laughs> and with very low cost and rapid value, right? Because the SMB, the, the characteristic with SMB is that the, no, no SMB company can wait for six months for an implementation or a project to come to life. I mean, things need to happen pretty quickly. It needs to be efficient. It needs to be agile, and it needs to not cost a lot of money. And that's what we are giving with the Microsoft uh, portfolio. In, uh, in business applications, but across the company, really, uh, from the Microsoft Cloud. So, Cecilia, one last question before we let you go, and that is around ecosystems and kind of this word and kind of how it's evolving and what it means in this uh, tech space or in, uh, in, our, in our modern day economy. As, as you and your team kind of wrap your head around, you know, what ecosystems are today and how they're expanding and continuing to interconnect, Talk us through that. How do how does your team view ecosystems, and then what is kind of the evolution that you see coming over the next few years? I think we are at the infancy of looking at areas of the industry where there is great opportunity for digital transformation and creating what I call micro ecosystems around it. The one area where I think we need to do much more about is uh, how does an ISV, a managed service provider, and an SI come together in a scenario to deliver comprehensive value and share from go-to-market to delivery of success, share the process to deliver value to a customer. As a vendor, I think we're still a ways away for, from doing uh, doing justice to the opportunity of partner to partner uh, with us too. is us, is an SI, sometimes a managed service provider and an ISV, more than, sometimes more than one ISV, to deliver the best insurance, banking, fashion retailer experience to a customer. So I call that micro ecosystems. And I think that a lot of the future uh, will happen here in the micro ecosystems that we create. So it's, it's one ecosystem made of many micro ecosystems. And what is the role of the vendors to nurture, create, nurture, incent, and invest in those micro ecosystems as the most differentiated way 
uh, to deliver a, a, a solution to a customer. It's going to be fascinating watching it uh, continue to evolve. But thank you so much for your time, Cecilia. I really appreciate that and continued success to you and your, your team there at Microsoft. It'll be great to, to watch your team as you guys continue to, to do your thing and bring value to customers. That's fantastic. Thanks so much for having it, having me. It's been a pleasure. Partnernomics podcast is brought to you by Partnernomics. Learn how to leverage the power of partnership. To listen to more episodes of Partnernomics podcast, visit partnernomics.com.